Welcome to a special series of Way Off the Record. In this set of episodes, we're going to be talking to people all around the world who are all feeling and thinking and wondering what's going on in this current situation in our world. Um, I hope this brings you some measure of comfort that uh, some of my guests will impart some ideas on how they're coping with their stress, some strategies of how to, to deal with staying at home. And um, that's my hope. That's our hope. Welcome to Way Off the Record. Today I'm here talking to my friend uh, Carolyn Spencer Molly. Uh, we're talking about what is going on in this country currently with coronavirus and how checking in on how my friends are doing, coping, what's going on. Carolyn, how are Hi. you? <laughs> how are you? Good, how are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. You sound a little far away, but. Okay. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine, yeah. Okay. So, so talk to me about, like, we were just talking about this article that we both read uh, about our government. Tell us about that. Well, I, um, you know, was browsing the news this morning, and apparently about six or eight months ago there was an exercise done. You know, the, um, the, uh, the federal government, they have various plans that are in place for disasters and emergencies and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. and they carry out exercises occasionally. After the Ebola thing happened under the um, Obama administration, Obama realized there were holes in the plan, and um, and the Obama administration passed on recommendations to the Trump administration. Anyway, they conducted this exercise and found lots and lots and lots of problems with the ability to handle the global pandemic. And the exercise that they did, the scenario that they made up, is frighteningly like what we're seeing right now. And so the Trump administration was fully aware that we were unable to handle a situation like this, and yet nothing was done to try to plug those holes. And then, of course, you know, we lost a couple of months denying that there was a problem at all. Yeah, exactly. So, because it, it would make his numbers you know, look that, bad. Yeah. That's where we are. Awesome. So your husband's in the military. Tell me about how his life has been affected and your life because of, because of that. He's retired military, but he oh. still works at the Department of Homeland Security, and he actually works in contingency planning. So mm. handling this type of situation is what the school where he teaches, this is what they do. Mm. They make these kinds of, of plans. They have students that come in from around the world, and they teach them how to bring uh, these, these scenarios and these, um, these, types of, these types of readiness planning and these kinds of exercises back to wherever it is that they work. Right. And so this is what he does, but um, in, in terms of our day-to-day -day life and the work that he does, because he's an instructor, he doesn't work for FEMA. He doesn't get dispatched into the field to implement these things. He teaches people how to. Mm, and okay. so in that regard, our day-to-day -day life with, with his job hasn't been affected. The, the comings and goings from where he works, you know, they're down to essential personnel. And so at least for the time being, he's teleworking. So he's working from home like a lot of us are. Oh, that's good. Jeez. And you, Carolyn, are a, a realtor. And you said I that you're, you're showing houses tomorrow. 
Yeah, which kind of surprised me that I have a client that still wants to go out and look because a lot of people are, are sheltering in place. But right. I find that, like, you're in New York City, and so I, I think the whole situation feels a lot more real to people in more urban areas than it does. Where I live is pretty, um, it's pretty rural. And so um, there doesn't seem, there's not, there's not sort of the urgency, there's not sort of the the acute fear and, and the panic. Now, we don't have any yeah. toilet paper, so I mean, there's that kind of panic going on. Yeah. So the store shelves are, you know, are, are emptying out and businesses are, are closing, you know, down temporarily. It's not that we're living with our heads, you know, under a rock. Right. But I don't think that, I don't think that that intense concern, you know, if school is closed, obviously schools are closed all over the country, and we're still seeing, you know, parents taking their kids out to the local playgrounds, even though the local playgrounds are closed and roped off. Right. They're bringing them in anyway. Um, and that kind of a thing. But, um, yeah, so this, this young woman, she still wants to go look at, at houses. And so um, I set them up. I'm not driving with her. Normally I would put a buyer in my car and mm -hmm. I would drive around with them. But this time we're going to caravan, so they'll stay in their car, I'll stay in mine. And most of the homes that we're looking at are unoccupied. And so there's not that, there's, there's not this issue that, you know, people are inside the house all of the time that may, you know, have left something on the surfaces. And, yeah, right, I'm going right. to hold my breath a lot tomorrow, I think. And so, so doing your job, you, you, you can't necessarily do it from home, right? Say that again? You, you can't necessarily do your job from home, right? Um, we can do a lot of our jobs from home, mm. you know, and, and as, as I'm sure you realize, the first, the first showing on a home that's listed for sale is always online now. Oh. So people, when they find a home, the first time they look at it is online. Okay. And so, um, and I've actually, I have actually written up purchase agreements for people, um, what's called Sight Unseen, where they have seen it online, they've Google Earthed it. They've taken the virtual tour that's available, <laughs> and from five states away, they've put an offer in on it. Jeez. So it does happen that we do it that we look at homes virtually and write up offers. But typically, the one thing that we that we don't do one hundred percent is you know other showings. Yeah. I can do all of my paperwork online. I can do everything paperless. So um, that's great. You know, in that regard, I can do a lot of my job from a remote location. But when somebody wants to see the inside of a house. You kind of got to take it to the inside of the house. Yeah. And once, you, once you're under contract and inspections have to be done, that can't be done remotely either. Inspectors have to get under the house and check the false thing. Yes. You know, they have to be physically in the house and check the systems and things like that. So, um, but, but our, our um, Realtors Association in Virginia, and I'm sure this is happening around the country as well, just came out with a COVID-19 addendum where was, um, yeah. buyers and sellers will sign this addendum um, acknowledging that there could be up to X number of days of a delay and, and that everyone, the both parties agree to just deal with that. Okay, cool. You know, so we're actually writing the situation right into our, our business now. Right. As with everything with this, what's going on, you know, uh, everything has to change. You know, it's the scary reality oh, yeah. that everything, every business, every, every person's life has to change and alter and stuff how, how are you by the way you and Tim doing in terms of being home I mean I, I know that you he he has to 
go teach, but is there going to be at a point where they're going to switch to online classes for him? Um, that hasn't been talked about yet, and mm. right now what's happening is there happens to be, they don't have classes on board for all of the courses all of the time. Oh. So, you know, they'll, they have them, you know, sometimes they'll have a three-week class quarterly or uh-huh. something like this. So it's not going on all of the time in all the locations. So the students that currently are on board are finishing their coursework. But anything that was up and coming, like next month, has been, has been put off. Oh, I see. You know, so they're not planning anything new right now, but the ones that are on board are finishing. But they've made a lot of adaptations to the base itself to accommodate the right. fact that there, there, there has to be a certain number of people there. But those students and essential personnel are the only ones, the officer of the day and people like that. So people like my husband are not essential personnel, and he doesn't happen to be teaching right now. Okay. And so he's, he's actually reworking a course. That will that will come online, you know, later on, and and so he's able to do that from here. Oh, that's good. What's it like being because home? You talk about adapting. Yeah. The reason that this virus, we could all learn something from the coronavirus. Yes. Because the reason it's doing so well is because it adapted so quickly. Right. You know, so it was able to cross the species line, and now it's it's thriving. It's doing very well because it adapted well. So we could have all. We can all take a lesson from this little teeny tiny virus that the quicker we adapt, the better off we're all going to be. Right, exactly. You know, in our businesses and our lives and our relationships and whatever. Well, I, you know, I think I read just, just uh, like an hour or two ago, Illinois also joined the list of states where it's shelter in place. Yeah. You know, like everything but essential businesses, which, by the way, <laughs> I was reading this news, you know, New York State. Uh, came on today, I think, as well, and shelter in place essentially. So only essential mm-hmm. b- businesses like food stores and pharmacies and stuff. And I jokingly tweeted, like, please God, tell me that liquor stores are included in essential businesses. <laughs> and it, I'm happy to report that uh, the New York State um, Liquor Authority. Uh, said yes, indeed. Um, liquor stores are considered essential businesses. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I guess they fall into um, the beverage category, and um, oh, so because yeah. girl, I can't. This is this shit's hard enough, and if I didn't have my Mister Jim Beam uh, and my wine, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how the fuck I'd get through this. Uh, Are liquor stores in New York still privately owned? Oh, I don't know. I don't really. Because I don't even. In Virginia, this is an eight, this is a, a a state where the where liquor stores are controlled by the state. Oh. It's actually part of the state government. The liquor stores are yeah. And oh so, wow. Yeah, so it's a true story. And so when <laughs> when the governor said we're cutting hours on this and that and the other thing. Liquor stores were affected by that, but they're still open seven days a week. We don't have those blue laws anymore. They're still open seven days a week, but they're only open from 12 to 7, and that was the last last I checked. Oh, okay. Interesting, yeah, wow. But they I... are still open, but when the government, they shut down, they shut down because they're operated by the state. Oh, I see. So, so wait, you're, so you're going to be dry then? Or no? I'm doing, I'm doing what? Tomorrow, I mean, you mean? I, the state is a, the the Virginia hasn't done a shelter in place yet, right? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, no, not yet. All right. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's bizarre. I'm working from home. Christian, my boyfriend works at a vet's office, and they've stripped down the the workers and the clientele, so there's less people in the office at any one given time. But yeah. it's still scary. He had a situation where this person he works with uh, had to go to the emergency room because they couldn't breathe. Uh, they didn't oh. have a fever or anything like that, but it's not looking good, you know? And uh, so that brings it kind of close to home. Our, we had our first confirmed case in the county where I live um, two days ago. Really? And it was a child, too. Oh, really? How the old? child under the age of 10, yeah. The oh. first confirmed case in Gloucester County was a, um, was a child. Oh, fuck. I didn't... Yep. Well, look, you know, what's... We all have to, like, get our... Wrap our heads around the fact that, like, as you said, the only thing we can do is to not be around other people as much as possible because that's how this thing is spreading, apparently, very easily and quickly. So... You and me and Tim and Christian, you know, probably won't... Like, everyone's got, like, a lot of people are going to get it, but a lot of people, like, 80% apparently are not going to be symptomatic or have any issues. Mm-hmm. But then it's, you're still carrying. Like, you, you can still carry even though you don't have symptoms. And so that's what we all have to wrap our heads around, that we don't, we try to limit our exposure to other people for elderly and people with compromised immune systems and things like that. And that's what we have to, that's just what we have to do. And... The scary thing is we don't know how long we're going to have to do this, but it has to be done, you know? It has to be done, so... And that's the thing that that I think has me so unnerved, is that I I keep thinking back to 9-11 and how surreal that entire thing was. Yeah. You know, that that incredibly orchestrated attack, Mm -hmm. you know, from, you know, on our our country, really, you know, all the different places, and... Um, particularly the images that came out of New York, because that was the worst of it, and that's where I'm from, you know, and things like that. You mm-hmm. know, these, these familiar sites that became so unfamiliar so quickly and whatever. But even even when you were looking at that on, you know, September 12th and 13th and whatever, and even when there was uncertainty in the unknown, that was a kind of a finite thing. Like, the trucks went in, and they cleared the things out, and you just knew it was just a matter of time that, the debris would be cleared out and and the memorials would take place and the, and a new building would go up and things like that. And it never goes away because obviously that never goes away. But it's finite and this is mm-hmm. not. This is right. not acute. This is chronic where what we don't know is more than what we do know. Even right. now. Right. After all these weeks. And every, you know, I'm like chronicling this. I, I, I journal sporadically, but since this started, it's been more... It's been more regular, and every single day it's like, and today this happened, and today this got shut down, and now we mm. can't do this, or, or whatever, and today the federal government did this, or whatever the case may be, you know, and and I, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to reaching the tipping point on this, when we're, right. we crest this hill, and we can start to see the other side of it, because at this point, we're still trudging up the hill. Right. Yeah, I was you know, thinking... We have no idea when we're going to reach the crest of it. 
Yeah, that was... is the, the most unnerving thing to I agree. Nobody can say, because it's, it's novel. Right. No one can say, well, weather gets warm and we can throw the windows open. This is all going to be done like this stupid regular flu, you know? <laughs> oh. So how are you coping? How are you handling it emotionally? Um, I live in denial a lot when I can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, seriously, where I just try to compartmentalize when I'm at my office doing things for work. I try to just be at my office and do things for work. There's a lot of seepage in this because it's everywhere. You can't go on Facebook. You can't. Um, mm. You can't get the news alerts come in all of the time. The texts come in all of the time. Mm-hmm. And whatever, and because everything is changing, so much email constantly from everyone that has your email address. Right. You know, from Planet Fitness to you know JC they're all emailing me to let me know how they're handling this. Right. Know? Right. You know, so it, it's a little harder to compartmentalize the whole thing, but and that's what I try to do. I just try to separate things out so that I don't. I got a little catatonic before because we had a little scare in my own household and. And whatever, and it, it occurs mm-hmm. to me that um, if the whole country gets locked down, and I will not be a, a, for one second surprised if we do, if yeah. the whole nation gets told to shelter in place, then yeah. it, I, I will not be surprised. But, um, you know, I have a son that lives out in the southwestern part of the state, and there's still not a single reported case of coronavirus anywhere near where he is. Hmm. You know, so that's nice. But, um, you know, his, the restaurant where he works is closed down anyway. So he's got no means of income, and he's all by himself, and if he gets the call to shelter in place and can't leave his house, he's going to (laughs) starve, you know? So luckily, so that that had me freaked out for a while, and so I I, I did what a mother does, you know, I went online and I I dumped money into his bank account so that he could... So that he could go out and, you know, get what he needed in case he was told in a couple of days not to make his house anymore. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I didn't want to become here because the threat here is bigger than the threat there at this point. Yeah, exactly. Well, what we're trying to do on this podcast for this series is, you know, talk to folks just like you and people all over the world and how they're, how they're feeling, how they're coping, you know. So that the the people that listen to this podcast can, you know, A, not feel alone and B, maybe get some ideas or some comfort in knowing that they're not in this alone, you know, and. Yeah, there's been, there's been Facebook groups that have been started uh-huh. for community support, you know, so that like, for example, because I live in a smallish town. Um, somebody started a Facebook group that's called, like, you know, COVID-19, like, Gloucester COVID-19 community group, this kind of thing. And people go on there and post when they when they need something or when they find something. Oh, that's good. You know, and people are going on because they're homeschooling their kids right now and they're asking for books. So there's book exchanges going on. There was somebody on before that said, um, all these had toilet paper, just wanted to all to know. Oh. <laughs> this kind of thing. Yeah. So there's information you know, and that kind of support, you know, and um, somebody needed milk and said, you know, if anybody gets out later on and they find milk, could you drop them off? And, you know, so the community is is taking care of each other, you know, in that regard. So, you know, to, and and we're so inundated with the images of this and the constant news reporting and and some of it is real and some of it is sensationalized and you don't know where that line is gone. Mm -hmm. You know, so, 
I, I find that there's, there's always a place to avert your eyes, like that Mr. Rogers thing, look for the helper. And yeah. so when, when you start to feel like you can't breathe, not because you're not COVID-19, but because the anxiety is killing you, that's a good thing to do. If you're going to be on Facebook, focus on those things, those community groups, those people that are helping each other, and those little Agreed. those stories, so on and so forth. Because, you know, when, when you decide to buy a red Volkswagen and you go driving, all you see are red Volkswagens, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, so when you when you decide when you decide to find what can come out of this that builds community and that helps and that you know um, that that's a silver lining exactly you know then that's then that's what you're gonna see you know I, so I totally you agree have to, you have to take a vacation from the fear yes or ex- else we're all gonna just exactly. I think that's a good place to end it here because I think it's really important like you said. Yes, there's going to be a lot of destruction economically and folks are not, you know, there are going to be people that are going to die and they're going to be sick. And but if if there's some way to glean some kind of hope out of this is we're already seeing it. I think this is a leveling field. And I think we're going to, you know, as a society like this is going to have not only tragic effects, I think it's going to have some really powerful and important impacts on our, our society as, as a world, you know, not even just okay. as a country. And I think we just have to hunker down and, you know, stay away from people as long as we can. And, and that's not easy. But as you say, social media can actually be a lovely thing and things like podcasts like we're talking right now you know to to sort of give people some kind of sense that it's it's gonna be a while but i think it's ultimately gonna be okay you know i mean it's yeah. gonna you know level off but it's some good things will come of this yeah so and for the love of god we have to learn from this exactly like, as a people as a nation as a world we we have to Exactly. We have to take the lessons away from this, you exactly. know, in the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in order to like whatever holes are in this pandemic, like this, this has to be figured out. Exactly. You know, and, and, we, and we've got to we've got to get this right. Diseases don't go anywhere. You know, there's there's always going to be the next thing that comes around, and it's our response to it that right that matters. And and we can't Monday morning quarterback because you know whatever. Right. But um. But we have to, we have to take the lessons from this. <laughs> Thank you, Carolyn. Yeah, responsive, but one more quick thing. After yeah. 9-11, mm-hmm. that, was, that was, until this, that was the worst thing I've ever seen happen in my lifetime. Yeah. And um, I was a teacher then. I was a first teacher. And That's... you know in elementary school, you celebrate the 100th day of school. Yeah. And so that year that I was teaching fourth grade, because it was such a devastating year for, for the whole country, no matter where you live. Mm-hmm. The entire country felt the effects of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And six degrees of separation, there was there was no way you were you couldn't connect yourself to somebody from all of that. And right. um, so, the hundred day of school, I had my students gather a hundred articles from around the country, news articles and um, online articles and so forth about um, acts of, of heroism and kindness and mm-hmm. generosity mm-hmm. and. and Things like that that came out of, you know, that that resulted from 9/11 that we otherwise would not have seen. And I put it, I put it in a book. You know, we bound it in a book and we put it in our library. Nice. And um, you know, but 
getting 100 stories was, was nothing. We put out the call to people's families from all over the country. And getting 100 stories were, from around the entire world right. where people mourned with us and prayed with us and, and sent us money if we needed it and donated to things and, or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, so there's always that. Exactly. You know, there's always how the reactions that we have to these kinds of things are what define us. Right. Thank you for doing this. Um, you betcha. We're going to be uh, doing this uh, series for the foreseeable future, as well as other things. Like I'm having an interview with my friend Marie Tree tonight, and that's going to be. We're going to talk a little bit about this and put this in the compilation. But she'll sing some songs. We'll talk music and life and stuff, and just try to try to get through this. So, get it. thank you, my friend. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Trying to stay sane When look in your eyes I can't remember my name I was alone in my skin And then you walked in Way Off the Record has been written, produced, and edited by Scott Ambrosino and Christian Hernandez. Our music is by the amazing Marie Tree. We are available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Do us a favor, subscribe to our page, and then listen to a few episodes, hopefully, and rate and review. And reach out to us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.